0: Hey everyone, it's Joanne Meredith. Welcome back to A Cup of Joe with Joe and welcome to the first episode of 2021. And I'm super excited about it. We actually have today, my guest today is one of my very, very dear friends and colleagues, Jen Parent. Hey, Jen. Hi. Thanks for being on. Jen was actually the first podcast, actually, you were the first podcast I ever did, right? I <laughs> hope the, to pop the cherry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, and this is this as people are listening now. Um, the day that I met Jen, honestly, I she sat down next to me at a restaurant and introduced herself. And I think my life changed forever. Like I always say that, and it's so true that I just it was like we 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 took off on a rocket and haven't stopped since. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. So um, so thank you so much for being on today. And I love that we're coming back to it was actually Jen's Partly Jen's idea to the way we're doing the format of Cup of Joe with Joe this year, that she was saying, you know what, it'd be really fun to really get into the stories behind the people we work with because it's so much fun to hear everything that people go through, why they make the choices they make. And it's it's kind of inspirational because I think, honestly, the when I first started considering Redana Fields, I considered it because I heard someone else's story. So it's very relatable and whatever is important to you, whatever you're doing next, um, I'm sure that everyone you hear about this year and hear their stories is going to inspire you, starting off with Jen. So Jen has quite a story. Um, Jen, I'm going to let you fill everyone in, but your background is pharmacy, so you know. As you tell your your story of who you are, I'd love for you to also share, not only what made you choose pharmacy, but what made you the really that you are such a go getter. You are so driven. What made you decide to add something on top of your already crazy busy career? So you're probably gonna have to
1: remind me of these questions because yeah. I'm gonna
0: forget. <laughs>
1: um, I am blonde. Kidding. <laughs> Uh, I am really blonde, but sometimes I just forget that stuff. But so <laughs> who am I? Um, my name is Jen Parent. I am a Jersey girl living in Delaware who never thought that Delaware was more than a drive through state for 15 minutes on 95. Never thought my life would actually bring me to this place, but it's here. And I've been here for over 22 years, almost 22 and a half years now. Um, I am a licensed and registered pharmacist. I have an op- I have a pharmacy degree that is a Bachelor of Science. I'm about 12 credits shy of my doctorate because I couldn't afford that last year, which was basically work for free and pay us a ton of money. But I have two kids, uh, my daughter, who's almost 16, and my son, who's going to be 13. I have a husband who I've been married to for over 20 years now. He serves as my third and fourth child when he is not behaving, which is a lot. Um, let's see. I just am... I'm somebody who's been focused on my business for the past four and a half years, but mostly because I've been focused on my family. I have worked in the pharmacy industry since 98. I honestly, I never thought I'd get into anything like pharmacy, but it was a guy that I met through my father, believe it or not. He was the scientist that created the Lipton's lemon flavor for their iced tea. And you never know. You think this guy was straight out of the mob or the mafia, swear to God, (laughs) vending machine owner, like on these nonprofit organizations. You'd never know he was a scientist. I remember him coming and going, Jennifer, what do you want to do for a living? Because my father's education background, right? And that's not me. I'm just not a teacher. Not in that sense of a classroom setting. I can do this and help teach people in related fields, but I cannot, for some reason, help my kids with school. I actually get them a tutor for the sanctity of our relationships and that we all still like each other at the end of the day. But I, I remember coming to me going, what do you want to do? Because I was really good at math and science. And I didn't know, but I knew I didn't want to touch people. I'm not that kind of girl that likes blood and guts, except if it's like pimple popper, like that's good for me. <laughs> I can do that stuff. Wish I'd known that back then. I probably became a dermatologist, but the blood and guts thing is just really gross for me. I hate to be uh, a germaphobe, but when it comes to that kind of stuff, I just have a phobia of it. Anyway, I decided to become a pharmacist at his advisement, told me I'd be really good at it. And I didn't want to be in school a long time. I had kind of had it with school. I wasn't your conventional student, you know, all A pluses and behaving yourself in school. I was that kid that was sitting in the disciplinary office every single day in high school, because I really didn't want to be in school when I showed up. I had really good grades. I drove my teachers berserk, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So when he helped me with pharmacy, I decided to do it. And my friends had no idea. I always kept my grades kind of a secret. I kept a my, my ability to achieve certain things in school was never something I kept on the open with my friends when I was growing up. It just, it was a private thing for me. I like to secretly achieve. It wasn't anybody else's approval that I needed. I needed it for myself, my self-fulfillment. So I got into pharmacy. I was a mid-year transfer, which never really happens in the pharmacy school that I went to. But again, I don't really take the regular road traveled. I take the road less traveled. And I started in community college because I wanted to sign my own loans. I didn't want my parents signing my loans because my mother used to remind me of how much I owed her all the time. So I started in community college and I had to talk my way into pharmacy school. And I remember the conversation I had with the admissions guy. And he was like, you know, we don't really do mid-year transfers and it's not something that's really conventional for this school. And I was like, what do you care? So if you get a year and a half of it, like tuition out of me and I fail out of here, you've got more money for yourselves. and You've got another spot open for somebody who can actually take in a year and a half. And he goes, yeah, you got a point. We'll let you in. So I got in and I graduated on time. Unlike a lot of my friends, I can't say that pharmacy school was easy, but it was something that definitely tested my ability and my knowledge. I think I was a little too young for pharmacy school, but I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I really did do this, not so much to help people in the beginning. I wanted to do it because I wanted to prove that I could do something like this. I can't say that pharmacy program is exactly an easy program. It's not something that anybody can just do. And I'm not trying to shoot my own horn. It's really kind of hard. And many people think we just count by fives or count pills. It's not what we do. But um, that's just a, a small portion of what happens in our job, maybe like 1%. The rest of it's making sure that people don't die from the things that they put in their mouth. Um, but I just really, I wanted to finish pharmacy school. I wanted to have that as another notch on my belt. And I got out of pharmacy school in 98 when people were having a hard time getting a job. So of course, you know, I'm a pretty charismatic person. I was one of those girls that probably didn't fit the mold for a pharmacy student in a pharmacy school or a science school. And I got a job because I had a lot of friends there. And I started at a company that most people couldn't get a job at. Worked my way up, became a pharmacy manager within the first year of working there. And I started to realize that I really liked patients. I liked patient care. The part that I thought would drive me the most nuts was the geriatric care. I have to say, in the end, were my all-time favorite customers of the whole world. Like These people are amazing. The stories they have to tell, the lives they have to share, the knowledge they have to give you, and just making sure that someone was taking care of them. Because you see such a different side of people as they've gotten to that part of their life. A lot of them are either living alone or they lost family members. They've lost a spouse or they're not near their kids. And I just really grew to love that population. So I really started to love my job. And that's kind of how I ended up in pharmacy and stayed in it as long as I did. Because I do remember saying to my husband at a certain point, you're going to have to get me out of here by the time I'm 45. And he's like, why 45? And I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to make it that long because I can't be that old crotchety lady working behind the counter. And I see what this profession does to people. And I don't want my life to become that. And we have kids and I don't want to ruin my life and I don't want to ruin their lives or ruin my relationships with people. And I, he didn't really understand because I was never one that really shared what went on in pharmacy, but I became a very different person when I would get out of my car to go to work and I'd walk in those front doors. I was a very, very different person. In fact, most people would never think I was a pharmacist because I'm so wild and crazy. And I'm not your typical, I would say studious individual, but when I would walk into pharmacy, I became a very different person. I put on that pharmacy hat and I was all about my job and I didn't want anybody disturbing me. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing exactly what had to be done. I mean, I could have relationships and I could have, you know, conversations with people, but when I was at work, I was in work mode. So when I left, I would call myself and I'm not trying to knock anybody, but I, make a, I put my blonde bimbo hat on and I wouldn't think when I left work. So I, I think knowing that I had to get out was a driving force for me. When you go back to that question of what made me choose RNF, I chose RNF because I used the skincare products. And the two doctors that I knew from Proactive were people that I recognized from pharmacy school. And I remember thinking to myself, what are these women doing a skincare business like this for? Why are they sharing it with people? Like these women are billionaires and they're doctors. And this doesn't make any sense, but I'm the kind of person. And I think, you know, this from our relationship, if there's a fire in a house, I'll probably run into it. If someone <laughs> say, you know, like they say yep. turn left, I'm like, Nope, I'm going to go right. Well, you told me to go left. So I'm definitely going to go the opposite direction. And I might run myself into trouble sometimes, but I always find that if I do things that don't make sense, or I go with my gut, I seem to be a lot better off in life. And I decided to join this business after I used the products for a little bit. And I really found that they worked. And initially, this was a just, I swear, a daddy don't know account. My husband and I did really well for ourselves. I was in my 30s. I had younger kids, but I always wanted more. And he was always that guy micromanaging me. I'm like, dude, I have a six-figure salary, and you're micromanaging him. I go to the mall and buy myself something. Like, this is ridiculous. You are not my daddy. I don't need to ask you permission. So I'm going to buy myself a daddy don't know account. And then you can ask me what I was doing there. So I did. And I mean, the story goes from there. I, I For the first six months, I kind of sucked. I didn't really understand what this was. But I started to realize there was this sense of community that I really enjoyed. Everybody had this level of happiness and feeling fulfilled that I couldn't understand because, yeah, I liked my job and I was fulfilled, but I can't say I was fulfilled in the corporations that I worked for. There was a different perspective on what they wanted out of a pharmacy business and what I wanted out of a pharmacy career. So I enjoyed that part of this and then kind of took off in the business three and Three, three and a half years later, I was matching my pharmacy salary, and I knew it was going to be time for me to go because I just didn't see eye to eye with a lot of things that were going on in the corporate world, not when it came to what I enjoyed about my profession. And here I am. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I relate to that. It's, it's crazy the way, the way you start and then you get into it and you realize you are going to get burnt out. So you can't just do one thing. No one can do just one thing. So onto that, my next question, how do you think, how do you think switching and adding word fields has changed you and having the, the really the flexibility now as you're doing your virtual business?
1: So it's interesting because if you look at the past year, I feel like you never know what you're going to need to know or what you're going to need until you get to that point sometimes. And Having 2020, which is hindsight, perfect vision. I didn't know I was going to need to be home for my kids. I didn't know that I was going to need to be around for my parents. I didn't know that 2020 was going to happen. And being my view on how healthcare should run and the corporations, the way they run it, it's two very different tracks in life. And I I respect where they want to go with this. But to me, healthcare is about helping people, no matter what the bottom line is, I'm not really willing to compromise my convictions, my beliefs, my character to make a dollar. And that's something people need to know about me. I'm just not that person. I know that it's great to have a profession and be successful and make a lot of money. But to me, a lot of success comes from how you build a character and how people view you, most importantly, your children or your spouse or your really good friends, right? Even inside your profession, if someone feels that they've been compromised, it does something to them and I'm not that person. So being how 2020 has been, I don't necessarily feel that I would have fit the mold for what these corporations wanted when it came to a healthcare provider. That's just not me. And I'm not saying everything they do is bad. I don't want anybody to take it that way, but there's just a way of practicing medicine that I believe is for the best of the patient. And I can't see what's actually happened in the past year that I agree with, especially when it comes to healthcare with somebody like my father who has Parkinson's. I really don't know how telemed helps a person with Parkinson's. I'm still trying to actually figure that out, but apparently in the healthcare world, this works. It it doesn't work for me. And I would actually feel like I've compromised myself. Um, Being home for my kids has been huge. I just had my daughter, ironically, is going to be 16. These know-it-alls that they are, the 15, 16 year olds, they hit like (laughs) 13 and I swear to God, they're their own Wikipedia of information. But uh, my daughter actually came to me two nights ago And thank me for what I've been fighting for for her for probably the past six months, which has really consumed me. And a lot of people have actually seen what's happened with their kids not going to school or not getting the education that they wanted or seeing how it was mentally and physically affecting them. And my daughter did not do well when they had to start doing the homeschooling thing at all. In fact, she kind of came to me and snapped me out of my COVID crisis that I was in and a trance where I was so scared of everything. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I know better. You just, you gotta live. You gotta, you have to get up and live every day no matter what's gonna possibly happen because you don't know what's gonna happen. And I don't wanna live my life hiding anywhere. That's just not who I am. And she snapped me out of it back in the spring. And, you know, I started letting her see her friends, maybe against other people's beliefs, but she is a social person and needed to see people. And I needed to let her do that. So she did. And I remember going to her in the summer saying, I'd like to put you in private school because I believe that private school will go back. And I think this might be the better choice for you as a sophomore. I, I just think the sophomore and junior year is so important in your career for academics for kids that I don't want to see you at home not getting what you need. And she refused. She wanted to go to the school that she was always used to. And I'm like, listen, Ariana, I'm telling you, please go to school. Listen to me. Didn't want to listen to me. My husband thought I was crazy. He said all the schools were going to go back. They didn't. And then all of a sudden, one day, she came to me in September, less than 30 days of being in school, and said, I need you to get me into private school. I'm like, now? Seriously? There's like a 1,000 applicants at the school I want to get you into. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll I'll work on it. And I did. And we got her in uh, right after the Thanksgiving break. She started and she's been there a little over a month. She was in school for maybe three weeks and then we had the break. She actually had two weeks off. She came to me the other night and I also got her on a travel softball team, which was huge because she wanted that. And I've never won for big a lot of travel sports i played when i was younger and i just i think that the family should enjoy time with the family and not be running around for sports all the time that was just for us but when she finally asked and she's pretty good i'm like i gotta do what's best for her plus they're not playing right right now they're not having high school sports they're not having recreational sports properly so i agreed she got on a travel team i got her in private school and she came to me two nights ago and said you know i just want to thank you for everything you've done to me for me and i said what and she's like no i know how much you've been fighting for me for the past six months and I know how much you've taken time to dedicate to getting things for me so I can be happier or I can actually do what needs to be done for me because I don't necessarily understand it when you're trying to do it, but then it makes sense later. And I understand why you fought for me and I, I can't thank you enough. Like you, you've changed my life and I was floored because what 15, 60 year old.
0: Yeah, seriously. Thank <laughs> you. Or tell you, you were right. Like, I hope my daughter does that.
1: <laughs> I did not to do it for my own mother until I was in my 20s and I'm still fighting with her and I'm in my 40s. So I I knew then I had done the right thing. And now I'm working on getting my son into private school because I see the way he looks for Lauren when I'm dropping her off. Or he's like, oh, is that where she goes? Or can I go there one day? These My kids need to be in school. And my son's very much my own molded image of what was going to happen to me for a boy <laughs> who was a terrorist in school. I'm not really a terrorist, everybody, but I was not your ideal student. I My teachers probably finally remember me of the things that they don't have to deal with anymore, but probably laugh about <laughs> it now. But uh he wants to go and he needs to go. And for him to say he needs to go to school, I, I know I've got to do what I've got to do. So I'm working on that now. So knowing that my kids are going to need me and knowing that I was going to have to be such a formidable force against my husband who didn't understand private and finally is accepting what we're doing and understanding where I'm going with this. I, I know now that I needed to be here. I just didn't understand what my purpose is going to be like, is it just going to be running a skincare business and helping other people build their businesses? Yes. But honestly, a lot of it was making sure I was going to be available to my family because there's so much that you're not available for when you're in a corporate setting and you don't even realize it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. My husband even just said the other day, you don't realize what you're giving up. You know, everybody needs to have a job. but you also need to keep an eye on life and not losing yourself to your job. Correct. So last question before we sign off, what would you tell your younger self? knowing everything you know now.
1: Oh my God. So I feel like with this opportunity and all the things that I've lived through in life, when you've got a gut feeling, live with it, go with it. You need, there's something inside of you that's telling you something for a reason. And it might seem odd and it doesn't make sense at the time, but you need to go with it. Like it feels funny. Like don't get into that creepy car because it might be some crazy killer. Don't get in the car. But, or if you've got this opportunity that shows up and you're like, I don't understand what this is and I can't stop thinking about it or it doesn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. and I'm still thinking about it, then there's something inside of you that's drawing attention to it and you need to pay attention to that intuition because I think in general people don't, but mostly women don't for some reason and I can't figure out why I, I, I just I'm a crazy kind of chick. Like I'm one of those people that if it's telling me inside of myself to do something, even if it doesn't make sense. And especially my husband, he's always screaming at me. You've been around like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? I can always kind of sense when something's coming, especially right before it happens. This was something I knew I couldn't walk away from like Rodden and Fields. I knew it was going to change my life. I just didn't understand how I knew because of it, I would do something to change the trajectory of my life. And it has but I also want people to remember, like, you're essential. And if you have hopes and dreams in your 20s, because that's what all of us are forming all those things, like in your teenage years, you think you know everything that you get to your 20s, and you're going to college, you have hopes and dreams and aspirations of what you want to be. And then we seem to forget that a little bit, because life takes over or careers take over. I don't want people to remember that what they want is essential, who they are is essential. What you do every day is essential. And maybe it's not essential to everybody else around you, but for some reason it's essential to you. And no one has the right to take those opportunities or essentials away from you or deem anything like that unessential. Because I, that is something that this year has really blown my mind is watching people just let someone else tell them what they're worth or what's necessary for them. And I will never, ever be that person. I don't care what I have to fight for. I don't care if I beat to my own drum. I don't care if I walk my own path alone. Although I know with Rodin and Fields, I'm not going to, because there's a lot of many like-minded people within this opportunity for us. But I will never let my children, let someone else tell me or my husband that we're not essential and not show them that that's not accurate. And that's not true because I don't want my kids to see that.
0: Yeah. Wow. And,
1: and having my daughter thank me this week, I know now that I'm doing the right stuff. I'm in the right place. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I didn't understand it all those years ago, but I do now and thank God I did it. And I thank God for this business this past year because it's been that thing that's always there. That's always essential for me. That's there when I need it. And I'm there for it when it needs me, along with the people that are part of this with us. But my kids get it. And if I wasn't here for them this year, I don't know if my kids would have made it. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have a mother that spent the last year of her life not with everybody in a situation where she was not locked up but she wasn't out like she would have normally been living her life at a very young age and then as soon as she got out shortly thereafter she died so every time that this goes on with my kids I remember my I remind myself constantly these kids need to live because you don't know what's going to happen and being that my daughter is about four years younger not even then this actually happened with my mother. There's no way that I'm ever going to have my children in a position where they aren't living the best of their lives that they possibly can at whatever sacrifice I need to make for them.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think everybody really needs to to make you need to make choices that that will give you your best life. Everything is crazy right now, but we do have the opportunity to make changes, even if they're small changes. Yeah, like like this. We made small changes. We were wor- both working full time when we started this business. We made that small change, and it has changed everything. Even I was able to be there for my kids this year. Oh yeah, and I
1: mean you're like a homeschool teacher right now. First of all, I, I
0: am. I am. suck at that. <laughs> Just so
1: everybody knows, being the principal and the interventionist and the cafeteria, which I suck at cooking too. I can make drugs. I can bake like anybody's business, but cooking a meal is like the worst thing for me. In fact, that's like purgatory on earth for me. Um, I just, this didn't even really affect my life in a way that it took away from anything. It added to it. It changed who I was. It reminded me of what I wanted when I was younger and it made me fight again. I wasn't just part of the humdrum waiting for somebody to give me the next thing to do or this or this. I was making my own opportunities again. And still working my career. And I can't say that I'm done with pharmacy because this past year has reminded me a lot of things. I love clinical, clinical aspects of pharmacy. It's one of my most favorite things to do, to just look things up, research, have an answer, give somebody a, a suggestion. And this is just me researching on my own, not telling people what to do. But I really love medicine. And this is my way of doing it. And I enjoy the fact that I was smart enough to make it through pharmacy school, thank God that I loved it and I didn't realize how much I was going to love it but it made so much more sense the older I got because in my teenage years in my 20s I, you don't realize what you're doing until you're in it yeah. and then yeah. it, it makes sense later like hindsight's twenty twenty, and I made the right decisions because I ended up in the right place for my life where I believe
0: I was meant to be yeah and we're in the right place now which is amazing mm-hmm. so I, I love getting to work with you. you you are you are such a fire and it's so much fun to run with you and have goals with you And I can't wait to see, I mean, gosh, we're going to conquer a lot in 2021. So gosh, can you imagine what a year from now we're going to be saying? We'll just see about what is next, right? (laughs) Well, I'm afraid to ask what's next
1: anymore, but being a person that runs into a burning building, I'm going to say, okay, bring it, just do me a favor and give me a little bit of more inclination. So I go with my gut a little more, (laughs) that way I'm not forgetting who I am. That's what 2020 taught me is go back to my gut, use your brain, think for yourself, If it doesn't make sense or something's
0: off, follow your gut or your intuition. That's amazing. What a great way to close this episode. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for taking time today. This was amazing. I know everybody loved it. You were always so fun to talk to and so fun to listen to and a lot of great lessons there. So thank you for sharing your story and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Later. Tune in next week to see what's brewing with our next cup of Joe with Joe.